RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. It's Tuesday night on the internet. The regular crowd shuffles in for Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion. And I'm Ken Ray. Each week on Mission Log Live, we warm up the computers, flex our bods. I've been watching a show about 80s internet, Mm. so Mm. flexing our bods is what I was thinking about there, bod, B-A-U-D-S. And then we talk about, you know, whatever you want to talk about. Sometimes it's Star Trek, sometimes it is not Star Trek, and sometimes it's both... And tonight, it is both. Uh, Vic Mignona will join us this evening. He of Full Metal Alchemist. He of the Dragon Ball Z films. Oh, yeah. And he was on Star Trek Continues. Uh, picking up about a minute after TOS left off. Vic led the NCC 1701. No bloody A, B, C, or D. And its crew, both on camera and behind the scenes on Star Trek Continues. You've got questions. Fingers crossed he's got answers. Now, we would love for you uh, to call in with those questions or your thoughts. Um, you know, you can ask about Star Trek Continue specifically. I say extra points to anybody who asks about Full Metal Alchemist just because mm-hmm. I'm in an extra points kind of mood. Uh, so you can, um, a few ways to get your voice heard. You can go to our Zoom meeting or you can use the one tap from your smartphone. Uh, you can even call us the old fashioned way. Except, John, I'm afraid that I might have actually copied down the wrong number. Do you have the number handy? No, that is the correct number. It is the same this week. So, Oh, okay. Good Far job. out. Job. Well, yeah. thank, thank you very much. Now I have to go back and find. There we go. Uh, 669-900-6833. 669-900-6833. Uh, so you dial those numbers there, and then you enter the meeting code, which is a few more numbers. But don't worry. They won't hurt you. And, um, you know, then you'll be on with us and, uh, and, and Vic. By the way, Ken, I meant to compliment you. Uh, nice bod. <laughs> Thank you yeah. very much. Not nearly as nice as the one you're sporting in uh, Sansar. I, I'm uh, a little. I'm a little. It's a little weird, actually. I don't remember making myself look that buff. I still look. I, <laughs> we 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 both look uh, alike. We, yeah, that's true. We look a lot alike. Now it's a good thing yeah. we have T-shirts that that say both Ken and John, so you can tell us apart. Yes, yeah, thankfully they don't say both Ken and John because then you well, they, still wouldn't know. They, they I'm each say Ken and John. Yeah. What we're talking about obviously is we have that uh, v, that VR thing that we're doing in Sansar tonight. Uh, so when this show is over, I am going to remind you about uh, Priority One, of course, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast because not everybody can do. Uh, the Sansar thing, but for people who can, uh, we would love it if you came over there. We've got a uh, we've got a replica of the bridge of the Enterprise. We've got something that's a lot like the bridge of the Enterprise. Um, and then John and I are going to be going there. There are, in fact, I'm going to wave to those people now because theoretically there are people in that room right now watching us do Mission Log Live as we do Mission Log Live, and then afterwards. Uh, we're going to we're going to uh, take about five or ten minutes, gather ourselves and then go into the VR thing and uh, and hang out there and talk to people, too. Yeah. So and then what will happen? Yeah. When, when a couple of guys come in who look like uh, Berlin nightclub owners, one with red hair, that'll be us. That'll be us. <laughs> yes. And you'll be able to tell which one has red hair because he's got red hair uh, events.sensar.com. And if you haven't uh, gone ahead and, and set up your, set up your account, if you're thinking, well, I'm going to do that tonight, you can, but you know, maybe you take a few minutes while we're on now and go ahead and set that up. It doesn't cost anything. Um, there is an app that you download, but it's not, it's not huge. 
and then um, then you'll be able to join us and, and play around in the VR space really quickly too. You don't need to have the headset if you have a Windows machine running. Well, running Windows 10, certainly. I'm not sure about all of their tax and specs. But if you've got a Windows machine run, running the latest um, operating system or near the latest operating system, um, yeah, you'll be able to do the whole 2D thing as well. And then you'll be in on this whole other thing because you'll be able to like type chat with people, which we won't even be able to see. <laughs> we can't type back to you, unfortunately. But we'll be there talking in, uh, and uh, answering questions and, and doing stuff in, uh, doing stuff in Sansar. And we hope you can join us. Hi, guys. Hey, Vic's here. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. Oh, we've lost John. Okay, so let me, just, let me just tell everybody a funny story. I'm sitting here waiting for John to do something or say something. Uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulty before the show started, and that's why I kept saying, hopefully we've got Vic on, because Vic was having a little bit of uh, an internet connection problem. So I finished a little, my little intro thing there, and we got no John. So really... This show couldn't be better. So let me go ahead and get to the part uh, where we have our guest on because we actually have our guest here with us right now. Um, no, see, I'm lost without him. <laughs> Don't ever tell him that I said I'm lost without him, but I'm lost without him. We got the poll stuff that we normally do this time of the show. We'll do that in a bit. Uh, we've got the other stuff where we invite you to call in again. But uh, we do have our guest here, and so let's go ahead and bring him in. Uh, Vic Mignona is, as I mentioned earlier, uh, just a just a huge voice artist. He is also probably best known, though, to the crowd watching Mission Log Live as Captain Kirk. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, but you also know what I'm talking about. Uh, Star Trek continues, of course. <sighs> a lot of people would have to say that that sort of set the gold standard for the kinds of uh, fan produced or independently produced uh, work um, that a lot of a lot of people have done. And uh, I got to say, thank you for fighting through the troubles and thank you for being here with us. Uh, thank you for being here with us tonight, Vic. You know what? I'm still fighting through the troubles. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I, I have been, I, can you hear me? I can sort of hear you. I, I have been looking so forward to this all day. And, uh, and that suddenly for some reason is, uh, is not cooperating. I apologize. Well, I, I know it's not you, and I know there's nothing you can do about it. So we'll um, these are punches, and we will try rolling with them. Let me just start from the from a question that I have right at the very beginning. Um, why, why Star Trek continues? What made you want to fill those sets and those shoes? Well, uh, the very simple answer is that uh, Star Trek was the most inspiring driving force in my life when I was a little boy, whether it be filmmaking or acting, building sets or building, building making costumes. Um, Star Trek was the inspiration behind a lot of that for me. So fast forward many all these years developing skills in production and, and uh, acting and filmmaking. And I, I thought, what would be a a greater tribute than to than to make this production as a thank you letter back to things in the first? And so that's what I did, and uh, the fans really enjoyed it. And so we made. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, let me yeah. uh, let hey. me call in. Yeah, you got it. 
Fantastic. Yeah, right. you've got the number, I think, that John sent you a moment ago. So hopefully we're going to have Vic back in just a moment. Yes. Uh, the good news is the good news is we do have John Champion back. I Maybe bet you thought like I a, just quit, right? I, well, I, I well, no. for a minute there like, oh, well, John's done with Mission Log. <laughs> well, no, I'm actually wondering, oh, you should have heard me vamping by myself, dude. And, oh, uh, and, and listen, when people say that I said that I'm lost without you, yeah. you're making stuff up. <laughs> they're just they're completely yeah they're right. lying about that okay hopefully we're going to be able to get Vic back on in just a moment there was a lot of stuff because Vic basically just like came in in the middle of what I was saying so I kind of jumped straight to the introduction part good uh, which was stellar by the way he said he had oh. never heard a better introduction mm-hmm. ever in yeah, his entire was, life mm-hmm. uh, I skipped over the poll part though and I skipped over a bunch of the other stuff that we normally do so why don't we circle back around and yeah. talk about uh, who's on the show next week first of all John uh, let's see. I'm going to go with uh, not you and not me. That is correct. Nobody okay. is on Mission Log Live next week. It's uh, it's Memorial Day weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Memorial so, Day. Yeah. We're we're done. We're we're taking a day off. Uh, you're going to yes. do a little traveling. I'm going to do a little relaxing uh, here at the office. I still have a microphone in front of me, uh, but I just won't be doing a show. How's that? Right. That sounds. That's that's how you relax. I completely understand. Pretty much. Um, Right. But then we are back on uh, whatever the following Tuesday is. June 5th. June 5th. 5th. Yeah. Way to go. And that may be with a guest host or I may be back around. We're not 100 percent certain yet. So tune in in two weeks and find Uh, out. There will be guests. There will be uh, laughs. There will be (laughs) questions and answers. There will be people on stilts. People on stilts. You know, that's always a crowd pleaser. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can swing. Uh, Let's talk about that poll, shall we? Yeah, why don't we? Do you want to do? Uh, you want to do last week? I'll do this week. Yeah. All right. So last okay. week uh, we had a fantastic show. We had Chase Masterson along with Scott Palm talking about the Pop Culture Hero Coalition. Please, if you missed that for some reason, go back and pick up the audio or go back and check out the video. It, it was we've gotten so much good feedback from that episode, Ken. It just it felt good to have that conversation and felt really good to share their stories. So the question theme to that show. If you see someone bullied online or in real life, are you likely to intervene and stand up for them? An overwhelming majority of you said, yes, yes, you would intervene, 84% of you, and no, 16%. And look, I'm not surprised. Uh, In fact, I'm a little surprised that number is as low as it is, because I feel like there there are a lot of reasons that people would not uh, have the incentive to intervene. But uh, it was a very interesting discussion. And uh, please, please go follow up by listening to that episode with Chase and Scott. Well, moving on to different topics this week. Ken, what is our poll question this week? Well, apropos of our um, guest, maybe. Um, <laughs> are fan films part of your Star Trek fandom is the question that we're asking tonight. Yeah, things like it doesn't have to just be uh, Star Trek continues. Uh, but, but other fan films and other fan productions, are they part of... Uh, part of what you consider to be Star Trek and part of your Star Trek fandom, uh, even split, or practically even split. Uh, yes, 51%, no, 49%. Um, I got to say, in watching uh, some Star Trek Continues, I think I've seen like an episode or two of Star Trek Continues before uh, we were getting ready for this. When you come across something that just nails the look the way this did, the way Star Trek Continues did, it, it, it's, it, it's pretty incredible. And... Um, though I've not watched all of them yet, having watched several getting ready for this, I know there are two or three that you've actually recommended, John, that somehow magically were the ones that I missed or were some that I missed. So I'm actually looking, go- oh. uh, looking forward to going back and catching up. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, please do. I, uh, fan films, I, I think of all the things that I have been a fan of and continue to be a fan of, uh, fan films are not really a thing that I was ever into. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, you know, quality varies greatly. And, and you know, a, a lot of people do fan films because they want to be a part of the action. They want to tell their story, which is all well and good. Um, but sometimes those stories that get told are... Uh, they're almost a little too insider, you know, they're, they're not necessarily being told for you, the general audience of, of that fandom. Uh, so there's not a lot that I've really watched. I, I have to say that Star Trek continues. I've found because I knew a lot of the people who were involved with it, who were saying, mm-hmm. no, this is going to be different. <laughs> this is going to be different and you need to see it. So uh, I did. And I was pretty well blown away. And uh, I think that is the only fan film series so far that I have watched from beginning to end. Um, so hopefully when we get Vic back, we will be able to talk quite a bit about Star Trek continues and we'll be able to take some calls as well. So um, yeah. So we'll, hey, you know, calls would be great right now, actually. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if anybody has anything else that they want to talk about, we're going to be off as we said for a couple of weeks. Um, it remains to be seen whether we're going to be able to get Vic back on right now. So if you have anything else you want to talk about, uh, of course, on Mission Log, we're now, eh, we're about ankle deep in Deep Space Nine. We're hardly there yet, but we just started. So if there's anything you want to talk about on that kind of thing, you're more than welcome to. Uh, if you want to revisit any old topics, you're more than welcome to. If you just want to call in and say, hey. <laughs> that wouldn't be the worst thing right now. And uh, I know there's uh, information on how to do that. And once again, I've lost it because, you know, do it's you that kind of a night. You want something really cool, though? So What's that? Uh, David, David Takechi, who is uh, a friend of ours in the Trek world, he actually just sent me a screen grab of his computer. And on one monitor, he's got the Facebook Live chat open. And on the okay. other monitor, he has the VR window open. So I'm seeing a POV of him next to Scotty's station on the bridge. There's like three or four other people <laughs> in there looking at us on the view screen in the bridge. Okay. Well, I'm glad they joined us tonight. Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> a perfect show. This could not have been a better day for this to happen. Hey, is that, uh, do, we, do we hear Vic back on the line? Oh, I hope you do. Ah, there he is. Okay, because somebody just wrote in and said, John, talk about your experience in Star Trek Continues. <laughs> and, and I'm going to put that off for a moment because we do have our guest back. And I uh, maybe, maybe I'll share a little bit about working on Star Trek Continues uh, with, with another I person. I hope you will, John. I well, another person will. the three of us know, uh, uh, some guy named Rod who hangs around. He comes around every now and then, and, and we tell him to go away. Uh, Rod Boysenberry or Raspberry, something oh, like that. Boysenberry is my favorite berry. Good, good job. <laughs> yeah. So... On the phone with us now in the traditional old-fashioned way, the way the settlers did, we'd like to welcome him back, our very special guest. You know him as the voice of Scooter from the Pokemon series, Mr. Vic Mignogna. (laughs) I want to go back to the question. Can I just tell you, can I just say something? Yeah, go ahead. I I just want to say the main reason that I wanted to make sure that the video worked was because I just, in the mail this afternoon, 
I just got in the mail my new Star Trek t-shirt. Oh. And it's really cool. It says 1701 on the front and it has a little Enterprise flying across. And I love it. And I was so excited to share it with you guys. And I can't believe that this would be the day that my internet would decide to not to oh. cooperate. I apologize. I apologize so sincerely. Oh, I, look, you, you'll send us a photo and we'll run it alongside. With the <laughs> How's that? But look, I'll we're just glad to have you. be wearing this shirt as I'm jumping up and down on my router. Yeah. Well, we're just, we're really glad to have you, man. And, and you know I'm what, so uh, the, the majority of the audience will hear this on audio and they're glad to hear you too. So uh, thank you again for joining us. And I, I'll let you my pleasure and uh, pick up where, where you left off. Well, I, w- I was going to say um, one of the things I'm always interested in, because when I asked you earlier why it was that you wanted to, I- I'm going to sum up what you had said really quickly, because I think honestly that we got the gist of what you were saying. I asked why Star Trek continues. And you said yes. that Star Trek was basically the impetus for almost everything that you had gone on to do from, you know, from acting to, to costumes to all sorts of things. What is it that got you into Star Trek? Well, you know what? The honest answer is, I think I discovered Star Trek at the exact at the exact moment when my parents divorced. And my mom and I moved into an apartment alone in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. We didn't even have any furniture in the living room. I remember very clearly we had a 19-inch black and white television that literally sat on the floor uh, because we didn't have a, any, any furniture in the living room. And I would lay on the floor every day at five o'clock and, and I found this TV show called Star Trek. I didn't know anything about it, but I, I found it and I, and it was on at five o'clock every day on WIIC in Pittsburgh and on channel 11. And I would come home every day and watch it. And I, I think there was something about the moment in my life when I discovered it and especially Captain Kirk. There was something about this strong, brave, handsome man who led his ship and, and loved and cared, took care of his friends. And, and they went on these adventures together. And, and uh, Captain Kirk very much became a role model to me. So, uh, so I think I discovered Star Trek at a, at a very pivotal moment when I was looking for something, uh, you know, to kind of inspire me and, uh, and encourage me out of, of what had just happened with my family. Does that make sense? Well, yes. I mean, it's, uh, we had somebody, I can't remember who, but I know I've talked to somebody recently who said for them, it was just the consistency of those characters always being there. I mean, was it, Yeah. but, but you're saying it was actually, it was actually, I mean, Kirk spoke to you in, in a way. I mean, there's gotta be, yeah. I mean, I think one of the reasons that I went on to wanting to play Captain Kirk is because I wanted to say thank you in the best way I knew how um, with my, with whatever skills and abilities I had developed over the years, I wanted to say thank you to this television show that inspired me so much when I was a little boy. Um, That's why Star Trek continues. Uh, um, we've already got a caller on the line right away. We've got Vic who has a question. I'm sorry. We have Will who has a question for you, Vic. I mean, Vic, look, if you want to ask Will a question, you go right ahead. But <laughs> I may very well. You never all right. Know. Well, let's go to Will. And uh, Will, what do you have to say tonight? 
Uh, I have to say, can you hear me? We sure can, yeah. Great. I have to say it's ironic that five years later, I still cannot get a face-to-face interview with this man. Uh, the last time that I, the last time I spoke to him, he probably doesn't remember this. Um, I had actually tracked him down during a live interview in Vancouver on a radio program I called in and, uh, threw him some bones and he just took the lines and ran. And I realized he didn't need anybody to do promotion work for him at that point. Uh, and Vic probably doesn't remember, but I said to Vic, and this might jar his memory and I'm not expecting him to remember this in, uh, in all fairness, um, I said to him, I wanted to see more vignettes. I knew it was going to be difficult to do, but, you know, there were these episodes that I would like to see what would have happened if they only had an extra five, 10 minutes, which. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And I threw out there to you, you know, I was still waiting to see what happened uh, on board that Klingon ship that they beamed all the troubles over to at the end of <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. And you said well, you wouldn't do any more minutes. But well, you, you know, did. Will, the only reason, first of all, Will, it's, it's great to hear from you. And uh, thank you for calling in. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, sorry that I've been difficult to reach. But you know what? The only reason we made the vignettes was basically to introduce everyone to our characters. Um, I didn't want to, I didn't want our viewers to spend the first, half of our first episode trying to get used to different actors in these roles. And so I thought rather than, rather than have them distracted for the first half of the, of the first episode, trying to get used to these, these actors in these roles, why don't we make a few vignettes introducing these these actors in these roles so that by the time we, we start our first episode, we release our first episode they, they will already be familiar with them. And uh, that was kind of the reason for the vignette. Um, and I'm with you completely, though. In fact, you know, had we been able to make more episodes, Will, I would have loved to have done a sequel episode to a piece of the action. Yes. Um, I loved that episode so much, and it was ripe, ripe, ripe for a sequel. Um, but... Uh, Things being as they are, that didn't happen. But yes, I, I agree with you. There were certainly plenty of episodes of the original series that would have a would, would have a great follow up. Well, you did a fantastic follow up with the fairest of all, and I I really wanted to say that uh, I had seen your work. Um, and unfortunately, you're not here on video because I was going to tell you if I look familiar is because you talked to my evil twin brother, Stuart Foley, over on Truck Yards. Ah, yes, of course. We know Stuart. Yeah. And, and uh, I was a Starship Farragut supporter and actually was part of the fundraiser, I believe, for the episode that you directed. And was so oh, very away. cool. Very cool was so blown Thank away you. you're welcome i was blown away with the work that you did with a bunch of a group of people that aren't professional actors um, right. you know the only right. time i ever felt you had any real pressure on you is when you know you had john champion on that, <laughs> um, that guy is a hack <laughs> oh you know what the truth is we all went to lunch because we knew that john could just do it all by himself so. <laughs> All the rules, uh, but I remember with that first vignette, how upon seeing it, how very critical I was of it. It just jumped out at me 
like you said, about having different actors in the role and like right. having the fact that Chris was taller than his father or that Chuck yeah. was slightly bigger than uh, D. Forrest Kelly. And then, sure. then at about the middle of the season, middle of your run, when you had, to run, when you had kind of won us over, um, there was a point, I, I think for me, I think for me, when I saw your curtain call, when you, when you posted the curtain call uh, online uh, for everybody, and you saw how much emotion that there was that your series was coming to an end, I know when it finished, it was like, wow, it's, it's, it's over. We're, we're actually going to miss this. We had taken it into our hearts like it was the real thing. And that's because it, your attention to detail, unlike other fan films, in terms of the plot, the pacing, the, right. you know, you can't pace an episode like it's an episode of Star Trek Voyager. You know, the, the minute right. details, the minute details that I know that you sweated, uh, it, it came through. And I guess my question, you. To you, my question to you is, um, what, what moment did you have on the set and i know you always wore that executive producer hat but what moment yeah. did you have on that set that you said wow this is really working this is this is this is what i want it to be and what moment did you ever have you just said darn it i cannot make this work i'm so frustrated it's not going the way i want it to 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 do wow i'll tell you i'll tell you the truth will um and I, I would bet that a lot of production people would say this is true. When you're actually shooting something, you're not really sure if it's working. When you're actually on set and you're shooting these moments, you may get a great moment in and of itself, but, but with all of the separate pieces, you're not really sure if it's working. And I will tell you where you where you realize that it is working is in the editing process. Um, I edited all of our episodes myself. And when I started cutting the episodes together and creating dramatic moments or humorous moments or adventurous moments or suspense, suspenseful moments by the cutting and the choice of shots that I used and watching them come together in sequence to create a moment that was when I realized that it was working. We often would not know it when we were shooting it, you know, and I'm sure even John from being on set will tell you that, you know, when you're just shooting this line of dialogue and it's kind of uh, a part a, a part to itself and, and you're just grabbing this moment, you really aren't quite sure how it's going to all come together. Sure. Uh, unless you kind of got a, you've got a visual image in your mind of how you're going to edit these pieces together to, to create the moment. And it was during the editing process that I realized that it was working and that it was, it was telling the stories I wanted to tell and it was communicating the essence of what I wanted it to communicate. Um, there was never a time when I, I don't think there was ever a time when I said, this isn't working. It's, it's, it's crap. It's not going to work. I was always hopeful. And I will tell you that every single person involved in Star Trek continues every single person 
was there because they wanted to be there and because they had a passion for what we were doing. Nobody was there for a paycheck. Nobody was there because they were getting a, a buttload of money to be there. They were there because they believed in the quality of what we were doing. And I think that came through. Boy, well, did it. Will, thank you very much for calling in tonight. Give us a call back another time, okay? Thank you, Ken. Thanks, thank Will. you, John, for having me. I Thanks, Will. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, it's the bottom of the hour, and we have a thing that we do at the bottom of the hour. We do a bit of business there. But, of course, we also encourage other people to call in because uh, Vic's here for, well, like another half hour, and he's more than happy to field your questions. Uh, six, maybe six, nine, more if you can. Yeah. <laughs> No, we're actually up against something tonight, which is kind of a, you know, well, I, know I love that, but yeah. we're, we're going to go hang out in virtual reality. You should come join us. We'll have It'll you back. Okay. We'll have you back. I know where to find yeah, you. Yeah, please do. Please do, because I feel so horrible about losing 10 or 15 minutes of this time with you. No, uh, well, we'll make, we'll make, we'll make it, we'll make it a, a fantastic half hour, but hang on. Yeah. Let me let people know how to get in touch with us. 669-900-6833, 669-900-6833. Uh, you can also use the uh, one tap uh, on your uh, smartphone or you can click the link that's somewhere near uh, what we're doing now. And uh, yeah, just all kinds of stuff. So now we have some business to do, right, Mr. Champion? I believe we do. Uh, now is the time of the show that we remind you to go shopping. And yes. you do that very easily. You simply go over to missionlogpodcast.com and you're going to look in the upper right-hand corner and you'll click shop. That would be the link to our shop. And that shop is full of merchandise. It was created by Carl Huber. He is a designer extraordinaire, and he has refreshed some of our old designs. He's created some new designs, and we've got some classics in there as well. Ken, what do we have in there that people might find if they were to go take a look after this show? Well, I mean, certainly there's Isolinear John and Ken. I hear, actually, that Tracy Lee Coco may be... Uh, in the chat room tonight. Hello, Tracy. <laughs> How are you? We have a Lieutenant Jay shirt. Actually, it's just, it's just Jay. She doesn't even need the Lieutenant anymore. It's just no, Jay. It's just Jay. And it's you like see Madonna, it. one word. Yeah. Exactly. Sting, Madonna, Jay. Jay. Yeah. Uh, Carbon Chauvinism gets a, uh, gets a new twist with a very old idea thrown in. And then, of course, we have a bunch of our old favorites like uh, Bonk Bonk on the Head since 1966. That's an old phrase. That's not an old design, though. Mm. Um, Nova Squadron, that's new. And the Ditalics Mining Corporation is somewhere between an old shirt and a new shirt. <laughs> and then, yeah, the old favorites like Cool as Kirk. You got ethos, pathos, logos. And, and here's the deal. We're just going to keep slipping in new designs from time to time. So go back and take a look. Go to missionlogpodcast.com and click on shop. Oh, oh, and like the one that I added last weekend, have a look at my robot guts. That was yes. a classic. We're glad to see that one come back. Yes. And, uh, and if you're thinking, well, I'm not really a t-shirt guy or gal, that's fine because you can get it on mugs. You can get it on stickers. You can get it on notebooks. You can get it on all sorts of things. So the thing to do is go to missionlogpodcast.com and then up at the top of the screen, uh, you will see the word shop and you will click on the word shop. And I feel like I'm trying to hypnotize people. You will shop. Did you say tapestries, by the way? I don't know. I know that's your thing. So I left that for you. Tapestries. We got tapestries. So you <laughs> All tapestry. sorts of stuff available. Yeah. Yep. Missionlogpodcast.com. Click on shop. Vic Mignona is our guest this evening talking all kinds of, uh, uh, all kinds of Star Trek stuff. I actually have a question about the, about the themes that you carried through. And this is half my question 
half uh, Rod Roddenberry's question uh, because he wanted to know about um, well, basically how you were able to. Okay, here's his question. You have episodes with heavy themes in the Trek tradition, like Divided We Stand and, and What Ships Are For, and others mm-hmm. that go a step further, dealing with issues like sexism and abuse, but still in a very Star Trek style. It seems to me, a lot of times when you get Star Trek today, what you get is lots of lasers, you get lots of fights, you get lots of shooting. How important was it for you to carry those same kinds of stories and same kinds of themes? Oh my gosh. I am so glad you asked that question, Ken. Um, I can't even, uh, okay. Uh, are you ready? Are you ready for my answer? <laughs> Do it. I, well, I'm beginning okay. to wonder now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, people, some people may think, that Star Trek is about fighting the Klingons or beaming down or firing phasers. No, 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 no. The reason we're talking about Star Trek 50 some years later, the reason there have been so many incarnations in movies and TV shows, and video games is because of the stories that they told the stories of the human condition and ethical questions and moral questions and social issues and you know what, guys, I, I have one thing w- w- that I had determined from the very, very beginning before I ever, before I, I ever did anything else. When I decided that I was going to make Star Trek continues, the singular foundational stone that I built this production upon was if I'm going to do this, we are going to tell stories like the original series did. Now, when you set the bar that high, it's hard to find those kind of stories. And one reason I think that, that you don't see as many of them anymore is quite simply because they're hard. It's harder to do something like that. And it's much easier to just have, you know, phaser battles and action and, and ship fighting and that kind of thing. But I had purposed from the very beginning that we were going to tell stories that were compelling and thought provoking, and they had a deeper theme and a message. And you know what else guys, one of the big things that people, I think even um, somebody mentioned earlier on here is, you know, fan fan films, are typically made by fans. Now that's not, that's not a criticism. It's just a statement of fact. They're fans. They're not necessarily actors. They're not necessarily filmmakers or directors or lighting people or cinematographers or editors. They're fans. So they can't be expected, nor should they be expected to, to do anything beyond what they are trained or what their particular skills are. But I wanted to make something that was much more story driven. And consequently, those kind of stories are very hard to find. I got, once we released our first episode, I'll bet I got a hundred script submissions, but they were all basically the same. They were shallow. They were Captain Kirk beams down to the planet and he fights the Klingons. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. There's got to be something deeper to it. And 
I think that people may know that Star Trek was about those deeper themes, but when it comes time to write one or create one, they're not as easy to find or create as you may think they are. Word. Well said. Let's uh, let's hop over to a caller. I believe we have somebody waiting patiently there. Uh, what is your name? I don't think we got your name when you called in. Me? Hi there. Yeah, that would be you. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. It wasn't working. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Is this thing really working? It is working. You are on. What's you your name? Oh, um, I'm Otzi. Hi. Hi there. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, Vic. You remember me? It's been a while. Oh, my goodness. How are you? Do you have a question um, for me, sweetie? Stress, but blessed. I mean, I'm just so <laughs> stressed right now, but I'm just glad to hear your voice again. Well, thank what, you. What's your, what's your question tonight? Um, so, Vic, you finally concluded Star Trek Continues. Um, let me just say this. The last episode... Oh, Star Trek Continues had me in tears. I was literally crying. I was like, no, this cannot be happening. I'm like, maybe I'm 13 <laughs> or 14, maybe even 20. I'm like, oh, God, it's so good. Um, I really I, Well, I was right there with you. I was crying right <laughs> there with you. <laughs> um, I, I really didn't like Star Trek, but when I watched it, you you literally made me love it. I was like, oh gosh, you literally made me love Star Trek. But, um, Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so let me ask you this in episode nine. Um, was it with ships or four or something like that? Yes. Yeah, okay. That's correct. Um, you had one of my favorite voice actresses up there and the chemistry between you and Sakara was just incredible. Um, how did that come about? Like, that was the chemistry between you and Sakara was really good. And, um, um, well, thank you. That's called uh, acting. <laughs> it is. Um, you know what? I, let me, let me, let me answer your question by telling you this. Elizabeth Maxwell is an amazing actress and an absolutely stellar voice actress. And, um, I knew her from uh, an anime series that I'm in called Ruby that I voice a character for. And when we were getting ready to, when we were writing this story, uh, I asked her to audition for this, for this role. And she sent in an audition and what she sent in her audition was perfect. Like it didn't need any redirection. It didn't need like, Oh, let me give you a suggestion and then try it again. What she did was absolutely perfect. And she was so amazing in that role. And I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. She was wonderful. Can I, can I tell you guys something? This is the kind of thing that I think you guys, especially you guys can, John, you guys will appreciate. Mm -hmm. My dear friend, our dear friend, James Kerwin and I were talking on the phone one day Yeah, and we were talking about when we discovered Star Trek. And I mentioned as I did earlier about first watching it in black and white on a 19 inch television. And James said, you know, a lot of people's first experience with TOS was in black and white. And I said to James, wouldn't it be cool if we could come up with a story driven thematic reason for why our episode was in black and white. And James and I came up with the idea 
of this planet that had this radiation canopy around it, that shield that, that blocks certain color spectrum. And so everybody on the planet only saw in black and white. And then it turned into this amazing story about, about um, immigration and, uh, and uh, interplanetary racial feelings and, and judging people based completely on what they look like uh, and which you could not tell the difference if you only saw in black and white and it turned into such a classic Star Trek theme and such a cl- classic Star Trek story. Rod's favorite, by the way, Rod Roddenberry's favorite of all of our episodes. And it, and it literally was born out of having a conversation about watching Star Trek in black and white. And then that became a metaphor for the story. And what you guys did, I, I, I call it Star Trek goes to Pleasantville because you, yes. you use, <laughs> but here's the thing, you use the visual language to tell a story. And, and it was right. such a purely Star Trek story at heart. It was wonderful. Yeah. It, it touched on issues of race and, and it was topical issues of immigration. That is truly one of yeah. my favorite episodes of Star Trek. And you know what, John, in mm. classic Star Trek style, instead of beating everybody over the head with one viewpoint, we did what Star Trek did so well. It would present both sides of an issue intellectually. Mm-hmm. It would it would have people it would have people uh, standing for for different points of view you know, on an issue, and then it would appeal to the intellect of the audience to decide for themselves what yeah. they thought was right. Um, and, and, and that was what we endeavored to do with every episode. We would present both sides of a complex theme or a complex issue and, and, and vocalize both reasons for, for why people believed both different ways. And then let the audience kind of come down on the side that they felt resonated with them. Yeah. Thank you very much for calling in. We actually have uh, another caller that we want to get to. We've actually got a bunch of people lined up, so we're going to try to move. Well, we're going to try to get at least two or three more on. Uh, I'd love to get as many in as possible. Yeah. Is, is, is Bob there with us? I am. Yes. Hey, Bob. Hi, Bob. How's it going? Oh, very well. Thank you. And Vic, let me just say that um, it was a dream come true when I started watching the Star Trek continues. One of the reasons I was so excited to see the show and this kind of plays into my question is the show so perfectly captured not only the heart and soul of the original series, but the look was perfect. It brought me back to the original series I know and love. And my question is, I've always wondered why when the, especially in the first Star Trek movie, why they decided to change the entire style. They changed the costumes, they changed the lighting, everything was changed. And I was always wondering and I haven't seen this in any of the books or any of the things about Star Trek is, was there ever any thought or consideration of keeping the same style? If it's not broke, don't fix it. Let's have the same lighting, the same wonderful uniform, do the classic Star Trek in the same exact style and mode, but only on a higher budget, kind of in the way that you can notice in Star Wars, the newer movies have kind of that same feel, that same magic. Was that ever thought of? Do you think the series, the movies would have been even better if they went that way. What's your opinion well, on that? Well, first of all, first of all, Bob, thank you so much for calling in, and thank you so much for your kind words about SDC. Um, I, I am, I will be forever grateful for for so many people like you that have enjoyed it and embraced it. 
Um, the answer to your question, the only thing I can come up with, um, and I, I wonder if John and Ken might agree, is if you, re- I, I don't know if you realize this, but Star Trek The Motion Picture was literally 10 years later. It was literally 1979. It was 10 years after the original series had ended. And I think probably Roddenberry and his producer sat down and said, okay, well, if it's 10 years later, a lot of things have changed. Um, Kirk has gone on to take a desk job and Spock has gone back to Vulcan and McCoy has left the service altogether. And, and, you know, we should probably advance the, the visual look and style of the, uh, of, of the universe from where it was 10 years ago. Now, personally, I, I, I would agree with you that there was something so beautiful and so quintessentially Star Trek about the original series that I would have loved to have seen it kind of pick up where it left off. But I think after 10 years had passed, they decided that it, it needed to look different. Um, very much the same way that Star Trek Next Generation had a different look than TOS did because it was very reflective of the early eighties, you know, when it was, when it was, uh, when it was launched. Um, as far as our series is concerned though, Bob, let me tell you, Matt Busey, our director of photography and I sat down and we created a loose leaf notebook full of screen captures where we studied the lighting style and the, uh, and the, uh, the way that, that they lit different scenes and different sets and different close-ups. It had its own particular uh, formula, and Matt Busey was absolutely amazing at creating, at recreating the uh, the lighting and the look of the original series. Okay, I just wanted to say on a really quick parting thought, your series really brought me, I felt like I came home for the first time in a long time. I was just a, a lonely person who finally came home and felt like I arrived in a old home that I knew and loved and could experience more of that home. And I want to finally say, I'm so excited that you're going to be doing these are the voyages, the audio book. Oh that is a, such an amazing, those are amazing books. I can't wait to listen to those on audiobook. Thank I you very much. sir. Thank you so much for that, Bob. And I can't wait for you to hear them as well. Um, I'm learning so much even about the original series from reading them and, uh, and narrating them. And um, it, it's so exciting to uh, to be doing them. I can't wait for you to, to hear them. Excellent. Thank you so much, Bob. And we have, I believe, Kim next with a video question. Kim, are you there? Yes. Kim. Hey, Kim, hey. what's on your mind tonight? What do you have for hey. Vic? Hey, uh, well, I want to thank Vic for doing Star Trek Continue. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. I, I love it. And are you planning maybe to do something else in the Star Trek realm? Well, you know what, Kim? As Mr. Spock was fond of saying, I'd like to think there there always are possibilities. Um, The current climate as it stands now uh, is not conducive for us to do anything else. But, um, But I would love to keep the door open for uh, for some future 
possibility for the Star Trek Continues team maybe to come back and do something special, a uh, follow-up, you know, in a couple of years. Um, I would love to think that that's possible. If you would, you keep your fingers crossed and uh, that, that maybe we'll get the chance to do something. And maybe with continued support and enthusiasm like yours, Kim, and with, all, with, with more and more people discovering the show every day, um, I would love to think that there are possibilities for the future. I would certainly love to do something else. Cool. Thank you so, so thank much. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, Kim. We'll see you again soon. Yes. Thanks. Hey, John. <laughs> hey. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to make a point about something else. So many people write us and they say, you know, wow, you know, your sets are like spot on. Like your sets look so amazing. And I, I wanted to say something because I think people never really think about this until you actually articulate it. And when you do, they always go, oh, yeah. And here's what it is. Anybody can build a set. Like anybody could go to Lowe's and buy lumber and paint and nails and make a set. But what's much more important is the story that you're telling and the actors that you're getting to portray a story in front of those sets. And the only reason that we built our sets to such spot on accuracy was so that you could forget them. Hmm. You know hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. For that, the first, for the yeah. first 30 seconds, the viewer looks around the set and goes, Oh my God, it looks exactly like I remember the original enterprise. And once they accept that they are there, they open up their minds and their hearts and allow you to tell them a story. If the sets were not accurate, if they didn't look right, then the audience would, the viewer would forever be distracted by the fact that it didn't look right. But the reason we made the sets so accurate was so that the audience would accept the, the environment that they were in and then give us permission to tell them a story. Yeah, that's perfectly said. Um, yeah, they would be a distraction otherwise. Uh, but you totally So many fan productions are all about the sets. You know what I mean? Yeah. So many fan productions are all about the sets or costumes. But the reality is that, that the story is what matters most. And you've got to have good actors to tell a good story. And, and the sets were, were accurate so that we would be free to tell a good story. Excellent. We got a couple more callers lined up, but I really quickly okay. want to remind you about a couple of things going on or remind people listening about a couple of things going on after tonight's show. First of all, yes, uh, events.sensar.com. I uh, got a head count a few minutes ago, John. I heard there were about 25, 30 people hanging out nice. on the uh, on the classic bridge. Yeah, watching us do this. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> that will be by there in about 25 minutes. Uh, if, if for some reason though, that's not your bag, uh, don't forget that our, our good friends over at priority one are still doing what they do, which is of course talking about all things, star Trek. I mean, they're giving you news about, about books, about TV shows, any movie rumors, uh, game stuff, neat star Trek products you might want to find. 
uh, each Tuesday at 1130 Eastern, 830 Pacific. Elijah, Kenna, Tony, and Winters bring you all of that and a ton more. Um, so they do that live, 1130 Eastern, 830 Pacific. And if you can't make that live, uh, go to uh, go to iTunes and download it or wherever you go to podcasts. Uh, go to Find Podcast. It is uh, Priority One. But if you can't join them live and you can't join us, uh, Facebook.com slash Priority One Podcast is the way to do that. Um, it, because I still don't have a new kicker question, I think we're going to forego uh, the lightning round this evening, John, because we have other callers lined up. Well, and here's the thing. We'll have Vic back and we'll do a lightning round then. But I do want to read an email that we got from a couple of listeners who have been with us a long, long time. They say, John and Ken, greetings from Taiwan. I'm currently in grad school, so don't have time to tweet you as obsessively as I used to back when I was an undergrad. But when Mission Log and Star Trek Continues have a crossover episode, you know I'll put my term papers on hold. You'll be broadcasting, <laughs> you'll be broadcasting early morning Taiwan time, so I'm emailing my question for Vic. Vic, we love Star Trek Continues and are inspired to create a Star Trek fan film starring Taiwanese puppets can you give us some advice on making sure we do it while following the CBS fan film guidelines? Thank you, Josh. <laughs> and Twilight. Um, oh my goodness. Vic, I, I don't know what you can address in like 60 seconds, but I will say that uh, Josh and Twilight, whatever you come up with, I am so there. I am so there yes. to see this. Yeah. Yes. And let me say along with John, uh, whatever you come up with, please let me know where I can see it. Um, you know, you know, the, the most beautiful thing about every Star Trek fan production is the passion that goes into it. Um, and I think if you're using puppets or live action or animation or whatever, um, just put your heart and soul into it. Let, let the story and the production be born out of your love and your passion for this, uh, for this thing that we call Star Trek that we love so much. And whatever you come with, up with out of your passion is going to be beautiful. Nice. Nicely said. We have, uh, we have a, everybody in Taiwan. We said hello. Yes. <laughs> everybody. You have to tell everybody in Taiwan. That That's we said right. Hello. Get, a, get, mm-hmm. get yeah. in your car, drive around every neighborhood. Take pictures. Star Trek continues and we love them. <laughs> we have a very few minutes left. We have a couple of callers lined up. We're going to try to get to both of you. Uh, Matt, hey. you, you have a question for Vic. Hey, good evening. I just wanted to tell Vic how amazing Star Trek continues was. And thanks to him and everyone that worked on it. What an amazing job they did. Oh, thank you, Matt. Thank you. And I was wondering, uh, I've already sort of lobbied for Tracy Coco to try and get a line on Star Trek Discovery. Is there any hope we can <laughs> see you show up on an episode of Star Trek Discovery? Not as Captain You know Star, what? But, uh, I, no, I, yeah, I always laugh when, when I see people on the internet say, you know, oh, you should play Captain Kirk and just get her. No, no, no. I'm way too old for that. They're going to cast some <laughs> young, good-looking hunk to do that. But, but you know what? Let me just say, I... Um, I, I would love, I would consider it such an amazing honor and privilege to be any small part of discovery. Um, I've got a lot of friends on that show. Um, Doug Jones, uh, Jason Isaacs, um, Rekha Sharma. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, Rekha, who was actually in our eighth episode before she got cast in, in discovery, but, um, I, I want it to be good. I want it to succeed. And I would love 
to be some small part of it. I don't know how to make that happen. I wish I did, but, uh, but Lord knows if they ever gave me the opportunity even to play a cameo, I would love to be a part of it. Um, I was so thrilled to play a voice in Star Trek online because that's official licensed Star Trek. But, uh, but I, I, I would love to be a part of discovery if the opportunity was saying that, Matt, thank you. All right, you're welcome, and uh, best of luck with when the train stops. I can't wait to see that. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Thanks, thanks right, a lot, thanks, Matt. Guys. Have we, a great night. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, we have one more caller that we're going to get in uh, in about like two minutes, I hope. Uh, Earl, uh, thank you very much for calling in. You have a question or comment for Vic? I just wanted to thank Vic very much for To Boldly Go, which was just – that by itself would have been amazing. The whole series leading up to it and building up to it was fantastic. I was the guy who, you know, was begging him repeatedly on Twitter to please release the soundtrack. And just altogether, that was a fantastic show. For me, that is the finale of Classic Trek. Nice. Thank you so much. Perfectly said, Earl. Thank you so much, man. Um, hey, I want to remind... I want to remind people again to go to events.sansar.com right after the show tonight. Ken and I will virtually pop in to say hello there. We can continue the conversation. We won't have Vic with us, but you know what? I think we need to have Vic back. And uh, Vic, a couple of people in the chat said, hey, John, you got to tell your story about being on Star Trek Continues. We're out of time. But I got a I got a story or two to tell about Star Trek Continues. Can we please, can we please schedule... Another time for me to come back soon. We and will. We will. And we're, we're going to send... We're gonna stories send, from the set and all of it. Yeah, we're going to send 10 internet technicians to your place to get everything oh straightened God. out. And it'll be brilliant. Because I saw the shirt. You sent me a picture. And the shirt is great. Yes. So the world needs to see this. As soon as I get... As soon as I... The internet company, I'm going to unload my... I think they're listening because we're losing you right now. It's kind of amazing. Are you don't, kidding me? Really? Don't threaten the internet when you're on the internet, dude. That's like the worst, <laughs> the worst possible idea. I said, I said I'm going to, I'm going to call them and I'm and then they yeah, cut you no, off again. Yeah, they're doing it again. But we are seriously right up against it. Vic, I do I want to thank you so much for uh, for being on with us tonight. We will definitely have you back on. In the meantime, I want to remind people that Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry, technical production on Mission Log Live by Infinity Networks, producer Brandon Bradley. Uh, be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry Podcast Network, including not just Mission Log and Mission Log Live, but also Women at War. Priority One and the track files. Uh, we will see you at events.sensar.com in about 15 minutes. Thank you to everybody who joined us live and later, and we will talk to you in two weeks. Podcast.roddenberry.com, the Roddenberry Podcast Network.